Welcome to the Nole Family Podcast, dedicated to tennis champion Novak Djokovic, also philanthropist, humanitarian, and all-around good guy and role model, and also to the Nole Family, the folks out there on social media and across the world, who the fans of Novak, who root him on to great things on and off the court. Uh, as we speak to you, it is May 16th. We are in Rome. Uh, Novak has just finished off two consecutive wins today on the same day because of rainouts, uh, beating Denis Shapovalov, a six... Uh, 6-1-6-3 in round of 32, and then Cole Schreiber in 6-3-6-0 in the round of 16. He'll move on to face Delpo in the in the next round. Uh, that, of course, would be a rematch of their U.S. Open final back from 2018. I just want to look back over the last couple of months and give a little bit of a recap. Of course, we're coming off a very exciting win for Novak in Madrid, in which he won uh, five consecutive matches, one by walkover, but did not drop a set. So, uh, and going back a little bit, of course, after Australia, Novak took some time off to kind of recharge the batteries. Um, certainly uh, jumped back in in March uh, after a pretty pretty decent layoff. And it's certainly understandable at this stage of Novak's career that he is focused on using these other matches, and though he wants to win, especially the, the Masters 1000s. He certainly wants to win, but uh, it's really best positioning himself to be successful in the Grand Slam events. Of course, it's highly likely by the time Novak uh, retires and Rafa and Roger retire. Novak's going to surpass those guys in every other major statistical category of comparison. The big question mark is the Grand Slams, and that's where Novak is really focusing his efforts. Um, again, going back to March at Indian Wells, uh, losing to Cole Schreiber in the round of 32, 6 4 6 4. Uh, Dominic Team knocked off uh, Roger Federer, of course, in the finals there. Um, Moving on in Miami, he loses in the round of 16 to Roberto Batista Agu, uh, 1-6-7-5-6-3. And then in, uh, in, in April, uh, losing to Medvedev in the, in the quarterfinals, 6-3-4-6 in Monte Carlo. So again, Novak certainly admitted that there were some things off the court where he focused his efforts. He's going to have to be careful about that. It's maybe taken something out of him that it got a little bit less left when he hits the courts. But again, I think understandable in the fact that there's a little bit of a layoff after the exciting Australian Open and winning three straight majors. Again, the focus being making sure that he is ready for Roland Garros. And that certainly appears to be the case now that he's moved through it at Madrid with four consecutive uh, wins and a walkover in between. Uh, knocks off Fritz in the first round, 6-4-6-2. Um, Shardy in the second round, 6-1-7-6, a walkover against Chilich. And then, of course, uh, Novak beats Dominic Team in the semi, 7-6-7-6. And Tsitsipas uh, in the finals, 6-3-6-4. Wanted to focus on a couple of key shots, and I know that the Noli family out there has, has seen these shots on out on the highlights, and, and uh, it's, it's truly remarkable what Novak is able to do defensive uh, on the court, but not just defensive tennis, turning defense into offense. And I want to just recap a couple of those shots because I think they're indicative of what what can make uh, playing against Novak so disheartening, for especially for the younger guys in this tennis crowd. Um, again, the, if you look at the Dominic team semifinal match, uh, they were in a first set tie break. Now in the in this match, Novak lost, uh, had his serve broken uh, by uh, Dominic team in both sets. So he was down a break in both sets and ended up winning both sets and tiebreakers. But uh, if you look at the first set, it was 3-1 Novak. Um, Dominic team and, and, of course, Novak hits a drop shot. Uh, no, Dominic had a pretty good uh, beat on it. He ran it down quickly, hit a solid shot into the corner. Um, Novak has a lunge for a forehand, gets that forehand across, kind of a defensive lob. And then Dominic team hits a backhand overhead uh, a volley, 
back into the corner of the court, and I, I still I keep looking at the, the replay of this one, and somehow Novak is able to get to that ball, hit a backhanded high arching lob cross court into the corner, and boy, if you just keep looking at this replay, I've looked at it over and over again, it just doesn't seem possible when you look at the angles of this, the way the ball was hit, what he had to chase down, how far he was behind it. It just felt like and seemed like from the from the looks we had that you know, Novak was four feet behind that ball when he started chasing it down. Again, somebody who's able to get that backhand, just kind of a flip, flick of the wrist almost, but able to get that ball across court deep into the corner. And I think Dominic team was really surprised, shocked that he was able to get to that ball as well. And of course, he he's he, he's able to hit the ball back, but Novak hits a solid shot forehand, and, and on the run, Dominic Team hits the return long. So, uh, just an, an impressive shot, and it really took Dominic Team by surprise. And you could tell. I think the the look on Dominic Team's face after that point was over said everything, because that's certainly a big swing point. Uh, at three one, Novak Djokovic. Uh, Again, if he loses that point, it's 3-2. And Dominic team still very much in that tie break. You lose that when you're exasperated. You're thinking, what do I have to do to beat this guy? How good is his defense? And now you're down 4-1. So it almost seems like a formality. The frustration of losing that point, it just takes a, a lot of energy out of the, the opponent and the wind out of their sails. And Novak, of course, goes on to win that set and wins another one in tie break and wins in straight sets. Uh, the, the broadcasting team said, you know, this is tennis from another level. I think that certainly... Uh, capsul- encapsulates that shot very well. And then again, uh, again a similar moment in the, the next round. Uh, Novak is able to knock, knock out Sissipas uh, in the first set, 6-3. Uh, the second set is tied at four all. So again, if, if Sissipas is able to get that one to a tiebreak and maybe win the tiebreak, maybe he swings the momentum. Maybe he gets it to a third set and has some momentum and maybe can turn this thing around. But at four all, serving 15-30, Sissipas uh, hits a, a, a very solid uh, serve right down the center court. Uh, Novak makes a lunging forehand to return the ball, gets it back over the net, um, and but a very again a very defensive shot. Sitsipas uh, whips a forehand into the corner, and Novak again a very defensive forehand shot, but able to pop it up, get it deep in the back court, just a, maybe a foot inside the line. Sitsipas hits the overhead, but Novak anticipates, hits the forehand as Sitsipas approaches the net off of that shot and just rips the, the backhand right by him. Just an impressive shot. Again, Sissipas kind of talking to himself or his coaches after the point. But again, a huge swing point because it's 15-30. Um, if he wins that point, you're back at 30-all. Maybe he, he gets a, this, this win, win on his serve um, and is able to close out this set. Um, you know, maybe get, get to a tie break. Instead, it's 15-40 at that point, and Novak gets the break, uh, eventually gets up 5-4 and is able to close out that that said, and of course, the match. So, um, it, uh, an illustration of how difficult it is to get through the defenses of of, um, of Novak Djokovic, and also it, it, it illustrates that these guys have to try something different. I mean, it, a lot of it just seems like a lot of times they get into matches against Novak, and they use tactics that they've used in previous matches that just don't seem to be effective here. Uh, namely, the fact that Novak really cuts off the court, uh, gets inside the baseline, and makes these you know, takes these guys sort of puts them on the defensive, whereas in previous matches maybe they have been a little bit offensive-minded. It also points out, now let me go back to the Dominic Team semifinal match in, in Madrid. You know, one of the things that makes, the, you know, Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, and Rafael Nadal so able to fight off the younger crowd, uh, these guys you think are going to come and begin to dominate tennis, is the fact that these guys, because they have been facing such top, 
top competition amongst each other for the last 12 years. And you can throw Andy Murray into that mix as well, of course. Uh, Andy Murray, those, that top four, they've faced off each other so many times in, in big matches that these guys have had to play tennis at a, such a high quality level in terms of the mental approach to the game. And so often the younger players, you see them play mentally tough for one match, and they just can't sustain that all the way throughout a tournament. And again, I'll go back to Dominic Team, who knocked off Roger Federer in the, the match just before playing Novak. And, you know, but again, it's, it's such a tough match. He comes back from a set down, wins the second set, and swings the momentum in that match and wins it in three. But, you know, it, it takes a lot out of him. And Novak's so much sharper mentally, again, when you get to that next match and able to take Dominic Team down. So, um, so, again, looking back on the previous couple months leading up to Madrid, Again, some may have surmised when you saw how Novak played in Indian Wells uh, and Miami and such that maybe he was going to have another letdown it, it's similar to the one he had in 2016 after Wimbledon. Uh, don't see that now. I mean, you, you certainly see the way he is leading back up to, to the French Open uh, very, very solidly and certainly going to be a contender, if not the favorite, in, in Roland Garros. Now, let me jump back also. I, I, I haven't broadcasted I, last broadcast was right before that Australian Open final and I apologize for such a delay uh, but going back to that match against Rafael Nadal number one Novak was absolutely dominant of course maybe one of the most dominant finals performances in a, in a Grand Slam he has ever had 6-3-6-2-6-3 over Rafael Nadal and it's interesting leading up to this match number one I was glad to see Novak close out that third set and make this a straight set victory because I think if you look back at that Australian semi in 2016 where he beat Federer 6-1, 6-2, 3-6, 6-3, those first two sets were perhaps the most dominant tennis I've ever seen Novak play. Uh, and it may have gone down as one of the great matches of his history, only that, but, but the fact that he lost in that, that third set, uh, people sort of forget how dominant he was in that match. But had he won that third set, closed it out in straight sets, it would have been looked back upon as one of the most dominant matches of his career, I think, in a big spot. Um, so I was glad to see that Novak closed it out in three. I didn't want him to, to lose that fourth set and it be extended, lose that third set, be extended to a fourth because it really, it really illustrates how dominant he was in that match. Not Rafael Nadal just again said he didn't have another gear to get to it. He needed it that day and just didn't have it. The other thing I wanted to mention as well, and I, I posted this on social media. You know, a lot of the public, the expectations were that this was going to be an epic match coming in. And the reason why a lot of folks were believing that was going to happen was because they were really referencing two matches. Number one, the Wimbledon semifinal in 2018, which of course went to a fifth set over a couple of days and, and went beyond, you know, was 10-8, was I believe, in the final set. Um, and also, they were also referencing that 2012 Australian Open final, which was one of the most epic matches, one of the longest matches of, of all time in Grand Slam finals. And so a lot of folks were looking at those two matches and saying, this is probably going to be another epic match. Well, you know, to, to be fair to, to, to Novak, if you look back at the last 30 matches between these two guys, uh, the last 30 matches, Novak has won 21 of those 30. So 21 and 9 against Rafa over the last 30 matches, dating back to their matches since 2011. And of those 16, uh, of those 21 matches that Novak has won, only 16, uh, only five of those 16, uh, those 21 have been extended to a, a final deciding set. So in other words, let's say Novak 21 times he's beaten Nadal of those last 30 matches they've played since 2011. 
but 16 of those have not been extended to the final deciding set. Only five times of those 21 has it gone to the final extending, the final set, which of course meaning the fifth set in a Grand Slam or the third set in a non-Grand Slam. And those you know, those extended matches, so to speak, were uh, Miami and Indian Wells in 2011. Those uh, both went to uh, three sets. Uh, the Australian Open, of course, in 2012 went to five sets. Uh, Rome in 2014, Novak won in three sets, and then of course Wimbledon in 2018. So. Again, those extended uh, matches between these two head-to-head were really the exception and not the rule. If you look at, again, 16 of those 21 wins out of those 30 matches, Novak has not been extended. So it's really, Novak has been pretty, about as dominant as you can be against that quality of competition. Again, 21-9 and in the last 30, 16 of those not being extended to a final set. So um, kudos to to Novak. And that, that was really an important Grand Slam as well for one big reason. You know, again, Novak and at that point going in had trailed Nadal by a, a, point, a score of 17 to 14 in Grand Slams, of course. And if Novak loses that one, you know, he would have been down 18-14 leading up to in, uh, Roland Garros. Certainly Nadal, had he beaten Novak here at the Australian, would have had a lot of confidence going to the French, confidence going to the French Open. And if he would have led 18-14 with that confidence, might have been able to extend it to 19-14 and get a five you know, match lead in, in Grand Slams over Novak. Now, you flip it the other way. Novak wins this one seven, uh, to go to 17-15. And not only does he win it, he wins it in such dominating fashion that it has to put the doubt in Rafael Nadal's mind. If these two guys meet again at the French, does Novak now have the, the edge on me now? And I think that certainly is a possibility. I think any other year... Uh, you know, other than the years where Rafa was injured, um, I think in Rafa going to the French Open, facing Novak head-to-head, or any other player for that matter at the French Open, would have been a prohibitive favorite, or at least a solid favorite. And I think you, you no longer say that. I think if Novak and Rafael Nadal meet in this tournament in, this, let's say, the semifinals or finals, I, you know, you, it's kind of probably going to be kind of a, a toss-up, but I would say Novak, you might even have him as a slight favorite. The way he's playing of late, again, three straight Grand Slams once again, and uh, having beaten Rafa in such dominant fashion in the Australian Open. So that's where we are. Nole family, I know you're, um, you're excited as I am about, again, the, the, the possibility of holding all four majors for the second time in his career. That's certainly phenomenal. And again, with the win in Madrid, ties, uh, ties uh, Rafa Nadal with 33. Uh, of the big matches, of course, with the wins. Um, and uh, let me just say, too, I know there were some comments made by Nick uh, Kyrgios today about Novak Djokovic, and I would say to the Nole family, I posted this on social media as well, but just uh, let's just take the high road on this. We know it's uh, there's there's no reason for us to get down in the dirt. Uh, we, we all know what Novak's about, the heart that he has, of, not just as a champion and a player, but the heart he has as a humanitarian, what he is all about, the love that he gives to, to humanity, to the world, and to his fans. Um, and again, the quotes I posted today were, um, the thermometer of success is merely the jealousy of the malcontents. And that was Salvador Dali. And George Bernard Shaw says, I learned long ago never to wrestle with a pig. You get dirty, and besides, the pig likes it. So I would say just take the high road. I know it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tempting to get down and to respond to all those negative comments. Uh, we're better than that as a, as, a, as a fan base, and we certainly love our guy and know what he's all about. So don't let those comments get to you. Uh, certainly look forward to Novak continuing to play well here in Rome. And I would say, you know, if even if uh, Novak doesn't get through and, and take this one in the finals, I think we feel good about where he is. I think uh, even if he loses here, it's, I think he knows that he's back in the, the kind of form 
that he needs to be going to Roland Garros. And if he stays well rested, he looks sharp. Particularly if you look at the way he played in Madrid, I think just you know the footwork is back again. And to me, that is the most important thing. It's it's all about positioning for the shot. And Novak is so good with his footwork, getting in position to continuously hit solid shot after solid shot after solid shot, getting that, that movement, the footwork, and, and setting himself up in position to hit those balls. And, and you know, Dominic Team said he's got the best backhand in the game as far as I'm concerned. And, and again, all that is about positioning for the shot, number one. But um, such a solid game, just, 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 no, just no weaknesses. His, his serve, he looks very much at ease again with his serve. He looks um, on point. He looks very relaxed in his serve, and he's certainly hitting his spot. So encouraged about where we are. Again, apologize for the delay. It's been a little while since we've broadcasting but uh, looking forward to a great Rome and then coming right back at Roland Garros again excited to perhaps own all four majors at once for the second time that would be a tremendous feat could close the gap as well on Rafa Nadal in that Grand Slam overall number I look forward to it again Noli fan will be out there on on uh, social media on Twitter following those exploits again we appreciate everything you guys do to show his to support to consolidate uh, all the, the comments that we we give to our guy and, and uh, the, the pictures and the love that we show him I know he is inspired by that and it's really uh, helping him perform on and off the court and, and to, to raise him to greater heights so until next time you guys uh, have a great great Rome we'll be talking again soon